Hello, Longview Point. If you will, take your Bibles and turn with me to Proverbs chapter 18, verse 21. As you're turning there, I just want to remind you that we are getting back to normal here on campus. There's connect groups going on each Sunday during the 930 and 11 service. We have youth back in here on Wednesday nights, and we are just really excited about the steps that we're taking to being able to gather together again to worship and uh, to join together in fellowship. So hopefully you are there in Proverbs chapter 18. Uh, like I said, we're going to read verse 21 and we're going to bounce around a little bit tonight, but it's, it's because of the topic and the verses that come out of Proverbs on the wisdom of our words. Proverbs chapter 18 verse 21 says this, Death and life are in the power of the tongue and those who love it will eat its fruits. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. The tongue and the words and the communication itself, speech is one of, if not the greatest topic of conversation throughout the book of Proverbs. I'm going to challenge you with this at the end of the sermon tonight, but I want to go ahead and tell you now, I challenge you throughout the month of July and, and get a head start even tomorrow, even today, to read through the book of Proverbs, mark up your Bible and see all that it has to say about the way that we use our words. Because we use a lot and lot of words. And our words have consequences. They have meanings. They have uh, repercussions for our lives and the lives of those around us. Think about how much we communicate with people. There was a study that was done in 2014. And in 2014, the study found that the average person speaks 15,000 words, over 15,000 words a day. That is a lot of talking. And Here's one interesting part of that. They actually found out that females and males were not that different in how many words they were using. But what they're talking about was simply the spoken word. And as you look at Proverbs, we realize that the words that Proverbs is talking about, the, the authors of Proverbs are talking about, is all communication. It's text messages, it's emails, it's social media. Like those things did not exist during that time, but we can take these Proverbs, these general truths that are found in God's word and apply them to all of our communication that we have today. You know, our communication flows through everything that we do. As you build friendships with people, it starts with conversations about similar interests. As you think about weddings and marriages and how they are started with the covenant of saying, I do or I will, those words have these meanings and this importance. I think about our work, our jobs, and how much is done and accomplished through text, emails, phone calls, and all kinds of messages and meetings. We are people who communicate. We have so many words and it's easy to get bogged down in our day-to-day -day usage of word and miss out on the almost like a theology of speech, a theology of words from the beginning. And what, what I mean by that is, as you think all the way back to Genesis 1, God spoke the world into being. I, I think that's a fascinating 
aspect of who he is that he spoke when there was nothing and all of a sudden there was something. He has power in his words. Not only that, but thinking through the, the power of words, we realize that he revealed himself to us through his written word. We have this book, the Bible, for us to be able to know who he is, to know his character, to know him as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and how those three are one. He, he identifies himself to us through his written word. I think about how Christ is the word made flesh. How he came and dwelt among us and he came and, and yes, he did some incredible miracles. And yes, he healed the sick and yes, he fed people and he did all of these things. But he also preached and he also taught and he came proclaiming the kingdom of God that it was near and that it was at hand. You see, Christ's ministry was marked by the words that he said. But I take that and I also think about how the gospel has come to each of us through words. You can't understand the gospel simply by deeds. There has to be an explanation that we are all sinners in need of a Savior and that Christ is that Savior for us. We need to have that communicated to us. You cannot hear that unless there's a preacher, somebody who has come and brought the word, brought that word of the good news of Christ to our ears, to hear who Jesus is and our way to salvation. And so there, there's so much importance on who, on the words that God has given us to tell us about himself and also to tell us about the way of salvation. And so I, I hope you realize the importance of communication, the importance of speech, the importance of words for every single one of us. As we think about the verse that I read to start off today, it tells us that death and life are in the power of the tongue. The power of the tongue there, it is pointing towards the communication that the people are having during that time. It's putting them into two camps, either the camp of death or the camp of life. And I wonder as you look at your life and the words that you say, if you look even back over this past week of, of how you've communicated with your wife or your husband or your kids, your teenagers, your uh, friends, your coworkers, your family members, whoever it may be, are we communicating death or life? Are we understanding the power behind the words that we say? You know, the goal of our faith is to know Christ, that, that, to, to know him and then to glorify him. And the only way we can do that is through the words that he has given and used to describe himself. So I hope that as you look at your life over this past week and, and even beyond that, that you realize that the words that you're saying about Christ, the words that you're saying about the to the people that you come in contact with, that those words are important. Proverbs, like I said, talks about words, talks about speech, talks about the tongue constantly from chapter one all the way to chapter 31. 
And as you realize what it, it, it's talking about there, it typically puts it into two different categories. We talked about death and life here from this one verse, but typically it breaks down into wise and foolish. And, and it does that with the actions of people too, but we're talking about the words today. And we're talking about how it calls us to, to either be wise or it says the things that we say are foolish. And so where are your conversations? It breaks it down really easily. And that's what, that's what we'll look at for most of our time today. But to be wise or to be foolish. One, a wise tongue brings healing while a foolish tongue is like sword thrust. Look over at Proverbs chapter 12, 18. We're going to be flipping a little bit today through the pages, but they're, they're in order, building up as they go. And this is this. Chapter 12, verse 18 in Proverbs. There is one whose rash words are like sword thrust, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. Let's be honest. As soon as we say something, we know whether it's been a, an attack or whether it's been something that is meant to bring healing to the person that we've mentioned that to. We even know what our aim was in the things that we say. Every single one of us has said something in, in a close relationship. And as soon as we said it, either the, the countenance of the person that we said it to or even just knowing in our heart, we knew right away that what we said was not good, was not to be received well, and that it was hurtful. And you start asking for forgiveness at that point. Hopefully, hopefully that's where you go and not into the pride of, of trying to justify it or anything like that. But we have to realize that God has called us to have a wise tongue that is to bring healing and restoration and, and to change to where we're not tearing down and, and making people feel less than what they are or simply going out to hurt them like a sword would. See, that's the foolish side. The foolish side goes for the attack. It's going to, to bring that sword and to thrust it at the person, using our words as a weapon. You know, whenever I talk about the way that we speak, I always think about the childhood rhyme of sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. And I think about how, how wrong that statement is, how many times we've all been hurt by our words or by the words of others. And how many times we've hurt others with our words. In this verse right here of chapter 12, verse 18, that talks about the sword thrust, tells us that, look, words can hurt. And if we're foolish with our words, then that's what we're going to do. We're going to hurt people with them. So not only is a wise tongue to bring healing, while a foolish tongue uh, brings harm, but we also realize that a wise tongue is often silent, whereas a foolish tongue reacts quickly and leads to ruin. Just the next chapter over, we have a proverb about that. Chapter 13, verse 3. Whoever guards his mouth preserves his life. He who opens wide his lips comes to ruin. I hope you realize that sometimes the best thing to say is nothing at all. I think about Job as he's going through his suffering and the book of uh, named after him in the Bible here. And his friends were great comforters 
until they spoke. And as soon as they spoke, they began to, to speak in a foolish way. Yo, we are so quick to give our opinion on everything. We are so quick to, to put things up on social media. We're so quick to respond rashly. But God's word tells us sometimes our mouths need to be silent. Our mouths need to be closed. We need to be listening and learning that there is wisdom in not being quick to speak. Instead, we need to be quick to listen, to soak in, to, to gather all the facts, to know the information on which we're going to speak about. That takes humility a lot of times to, to sit back, but humility leads to wisdom, which is what our goal is through this. Whoever guards his mouth preserves his life, but he who opens wide his lips comes to ruin. So many times we respond quickly and we regret it. As soon as we say it, we know that, or, or we find out information afterwards. We don't want to be known as the foolish ones, but instead be known as wise in the things that we say. As you go to the next chapter in Proverbs chapter 14, verse 25, it gives us another important um, aspect of having a wise tongue. Verse 25 says this, A truthful witness saves lives, but one who breathes out lies is deceitful. This one is very, very simple and one that we've been taught from the earliest of ages, but a wise tongue is truthful where a foolish tongue breathes lies. You see, as you lie, it's breath. It becomes natural for you to lie. It becomes more that you're going to do that more often because you may have gotten away with it or however it may be. But God calls us to be people of truth. He has never told a lie. He's always been honest. He's always been full of integrity. He's always been true. And so we as his followers need to be in the same camp as him. We need to be people who are truthful. As you look over at um, chapter 25, verse 11, it continues on to say this. Verse 11. A word fitly spoken is like apples of gold and a setting of silver, like a gold ring or an ornament of gold, is a wise reprover to a listening ear. You see, God calls us to be truthful. Sometimes being truthful means that we confront things. Sometimes it means that we do that. But as you read Proverbs, you'll also realize that we're to be gracious in our answers to people. As we reprove, we should do that. But there in 25, he's telling us that it's like a gold ornament or a gold and a silver setting. Like there is goodness to being truthful and gracious and to have that as part of our character and who we are. Our wisdom, our tongue needs to be full of truth because people will trust us. And then... They want to know of God's true word as well. The last difference here, and there's much more throughout the book of Proverbs, but just in the time that we have to talk about it tonight. But the, the last difference here is a wise tongue seeks peace where a foolish tongue 
stirs up anger. We're back in Proverbs chapter 15, verse 1, and it's put very bluntly here. It says, A soft answer churns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. You see, God's word is meant to bring peace. Foolishness, foolish talk brings division and strife. You think about how many churches have been set ablaze because of the gossip of one or two people and how it went from them to others and the whole group and and how it just brought disunity and strife and conflict within a church body. But yet God's call for his followers is to seek peace, to have a soft answer that turns away wrath, to be honest and truthful 16, 20, uh, chapter 16, verses 27 and 28 is the one that talks about the strife there. It says, A worthless man plots evil, and his speech is like a scorching fire. A dishonest man spreads strife, and a whisper separates close friends. You see, we as believers, our words should be bringing unity to one another to be bringing peace to one another, to be lifting one another up, encouraging one another. I think about Ephesians 4.29 that says, Let no unwholesome talk uh, come out of your mouth except for what is good for building up. That we are called to, to do the opposite of unwholesome talk, but to be building up one another in our walk with the Lord. To be people of unity and grace have a soft answer, to be patient and kind in the way that we respond to people and as we look at the people around us. As we wrap up this time of of thinking about the wisdom in our words, I, I hope that you look at where your words are coming from. You know, the, the things that we're talking about, these are all practical things that we are people who speak healing. We are people who are even silent at times, people who are truthful, people who are peacemakers. But Jesus tells us something very, very important in all of this. He tells us that it's out of the overflow of the heart that the mouth speaks. Out of the overflow of the heart, that's in Luke chapter 6, verse 45. Out of the overflow of the heart, The mouth speaks. And so we have to realize that Proverbs, every single one of them, like these are calls for the believer. If you are a follower of Christ, these are truths that we need to be living out in our lives because we are trying to reflect what we see in Christ. Because Christ is the perfection of all the Proverbs. Because he is the only one who came on this earth and lived a perfect life without sin. We think about how hard it is to control our tongues. Think about how many times you've messed up over the past week. How many times you've been foolish in the way that you've talked. And yet, think about this. Christ was perfect in his speech. There was not a single time that he said a word that was not fit for that occasion. There was not a single time that he wasted words. There was not a single time that Christ fell short or responded in a way that was degrading or uh, untruthful even. He had perfect control of his tongue and yet none of us do. For such a, a small instrument, such a small part of our body, the tongue is so hard to control, isn't it? Every single one of us can think of times that we've said things that we 
would take back as soon as we said it. But the things that we say come out of our heart. And the things that we say and the way that we've fallen short in our speech should remind us of the grace that we need in our life. Every single one of us. None of us are perfect. We all need grace. And the things that we've said. But it also should show us where we are in our spiritual walk too. If we're growing in our walk, are we still talking about the things that we talked about before we knew Christ? Are we still talking about the things that we talked about when we first came to know Christ? Or has our passions changed? Because if you think about how the mouth is the overflow of the heart, I, I think about the things that our heart is passionate about are the things that we're going to talk about. The things that our heart is focused on is the things that are going to come out of our mouth. If we're focused on Christ, then we're going to talk a lot more like Christ. If we're focused on his word, then we're going to be constantly just coming forth with his word and just everyday conversations. And so we can tell a lot about our own spiritual health based off of what we're talking about, how much we're talking about it, and what we're passionate about. We need a, a, our own examination of what is most important to me based off of what I'm talking about all the time. Yes, there's times where we'll talk about work. Yes, there's times where we'll talk to friends about sports and, and all kind of politics, whatever it may be. But is the, the most important thing on your lips the name of Christ and making him known. Are you, like Proverbs 18, uh, 18, 21 says, are you speaking life? Because there's nothing more important in life than the good news of the gospel, that Christ came, that he died on the cross, lived, or lived a perfect life, died on the cross for our sins, paying a price that we could not pay, rose again, and is offering salvation for anyone who calls on his name, that professes that he is Lord. You know, I've listened to something uh, over the past week or so that talked about the importance of gratitude, how we should be grateful and, and we should speak Speak gratitude to those around us, but most importantly to Christ. I think about how we as believers, how the way that we, um, the way that we articulate, the way that we share our gratitude to God tells a lot about our spiritual walk too. As you look at Romans chapter 1, verses 21 through 23, it talks about how they didn't honor God or thank Him. And that's when they went deeper and deeper into sin. Out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. And so I hope that for those who, of us who are in Christ, that our lives will be filled with words of gratitude to our Lord. Like I said, we should really have a Christ-like accent to our lives that when we talk to people, it doesn't take long for them to know that there is something different about them because that person loves 
Jesus. They talk differently. Not that we use all these churchy terms, not that we, you know, confuse them with what we have to say about e eternal things, things that, you know, we've grown up hearing, but maybe if they've never been in the church, they wouldn't know how to, to what we're talking about. No, but I'm talking about an accent of love and grace and kindness and mercy and peace and all of these things should completely supplement everything that we say. It should be a part of who we are. Just like the fact that we're from the South, for many who are watching this, it's part of who you are there too. I think about as a Southerner, a lot of times, or, or as a student pastor, family pastor, getting to take students to all different parts of the United States. And it, it never fails when we go somewhere, as soon as people hear the accent, they want to know where that accent came from. They know you're from the South, but what part of the South are you from? There's, it's something that we carry with us everywhere that we go. Y'all, that should be our voice that has an accent that's like Christ. That should be who we are as Christians, that everywhere we go, people realize that that person, that you, that you as a church member, as, as a student at Longview Point, as a family, that person sounds like Jesus. So here's my point today. Examine your heart. Examine your heart. Only you, can, only you know your heart to see if your words are giving life or death. Examine your heart today and see where you are. I know it's hard to control the tongue, but God in His grace gives us all that we need. I always like to end with some questions for you and some challenges to, to help you think through um, how to apply what we've just talked about. So here are my questions for today. When was a time someone greatly encouraged you with their words? When, when was the time that, that you can remember where somebody said something to you and you were encouraged because of that? Number two, why do our words have such power to encourage or to devastate? Why, just talk about that with the people you're watching this with. Why do they have that power? Number three, this requires a little uh, introspective as well. How do people typically respond to what you say? You know, when, when you're talking, are people grimacing? Are people, you know, kind of flinching? Are they, you know, showing appreciation for what you said? How are people responding? Because I think that can tell you a lot about the conversations that you're having. And then I have some challenges for you as well. Reflect on the words that you have said so far this week. And would you put them in the category of foolish or wise? Just think through the conversations you've had and put them into one of those categories there. I also challenge you to encourage somebody as well. Not with false flattery or bragging or anything like that, but look for something and a way to build people up with your words. As we've talked about, it's powerful, powerful stuff. And then finally, I told you I was going to challenge you with this, but from now until July 31st, there's 31 days in July. Uh, there's 31 chapters in Proverbs. 
start tomorrow, get a head start so you don't forget about it, but you get started with it right away. But read a proverb a day. Read all 31 Proverbs, read through it and take the time. And if you feel comfortable, highlight it in your Bible, uh, underline it. Or if you don't feel comfortable marking in your Bible, then take a piece of paper and just write down all the verses that talk about our speech, whether it's mocking or scoffing or our words of life or healing. But take the time to really process the words that you say reflect who you are and the things in your heart. I think if we all did that, uh, we would have a a much greater filter for what all we say and how we can most glorify Christ. Let's pray together. Father God, we thank you so much for today. Lord, I thank you for your word and what a challenging word it is, knowing that the tongue is small, but it is mighty. So Father, I pray for everyone that's watching this, and for myself included, Lord, that I will be wise with the words that I say, no matter the platform, text messages, social media, whatever it may be, help us to have wisdom to know how the things that we say can glorify you and bring life to those who hear. Thank you for your word. Thank you for revealing yourself to us. Thank you that we can know you because of the way that you have communicated to us. Help us communicate that to others, for you alone are worthy. It's in your holy name we pray. Amen.